Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. With your hosts, Swagzilla Zero G. We can't all be winners. And Mike, the feverish Fadero. It's never in a vacuum! Nothing is in a vacuum! The Rookie Fever Podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it, baby. Let's go. Wait, Welcome back to Rookie Fever, episode 359. We're right on time. We're right on time. Right on time. Rhyme. Fanero doesn't like it. I'm here, as always, with the feverish Fanero. And right on time with that Debbie Deep Dive, Brandon Lejeune. Is that better? Oh, Sounded pretty good to me. Is that do it all over again? No, that was great. <laughs> I want to do it again. <laughs> so, you guys will never know the great pressure... I put on myself to find something that rhymes with every fucking number, even though you go through them <laughs> 10 times every mm-hmm. hundred, you're still just like, man, I can, you know, outside of the teens, like, you got to think of something for nine, eight, seven. Like, am I the only one that struggles with this in life? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. I think so. It's, it's yeah, like, you might be. So what you're telling me is when you two and the Mike Bauer, not to be referred to as Michael, mm-hmm. got together. This is not what you talked about. No, no. In, in, in fact, Brandon had an excellent idea. Brandon, what was your I idea for this get together? We were going to do a uh, 2024 rookie mock draft. Have some fun. They they did. We did, and it was a <laughs> great time. Get an early look at the 2024 class. Yeah. So Superflex. Oh Superf- yeah, yeah. Definitely. Who picked first? We uh, gave that to Bowers, right? Yeah, uh, Michael yep. Bauer. Yeah, Dynasty mm-hmm. Rewind had 101. He had the Who 101. Did he pick? Caleb Williams. How many quarterbacks would you guys trade for him for the 101 Superflex? Let's let's say like we're done. Okay, just contention can't matter for this question. We're close enough, or you're out of contention. How many quarterbacks would you? Like not be able to part with. It's a good question. I'm adding them up right now. Yeah, I'm gonna look at them too. I'm at five. Yeah, I'm that's go about over. where it gets to. Like, huh? Yeah. Do I want to put this guy in here? But like, five. But hmm. uh, yeah, that might be it. I'm gonna go a little deeper than that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go like ten. Oh wow! So you added like Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah, I got Lamar Jackson in there, uh, yep. Mahomes, Purdy, Herbert, Stroud, um, you know, obviously Hurts, Allen. But, yeah, so, I mean, we can talk about the quarterback class. Purdy maybe. stood out. Mm-hmm, Purdy stood out. If I'm being completely honest, I like Purdy. I feel like Purdy's one of those players right now you either have to love or hate. Um, and I'm neither. I think that he's done his part, and I think that – He'll have that job. Hmm. So I'm talking myself into Purdy here because I was going to say, I think a lot of it in San Francisco, whether we want to admit it or not, I think it is the system. I think it's very quarterback friendly. That said, that's the system he's in and that's where he's going to be. He's earned that job. So, but man, to put him like in that, nope, I guess it's tough, Lo- Brandon. That's, that's an interesting one. I want to look at that and that's a, I, I don't hate it. I'm not sure Williams is going to be the best quarterback in the class. Yeah, that was the discussion that they were having last night, Swags. These Devi, these Devi mm-hmm. Deadbeats were talking all about all these quarterbacks. That so, yeah, might- so my, my question remains the same. We're kind of going after the 101, but but I do want to hear what Brandon has to say about that. Um, well, certainly but, I can. Uh, first, I think, I'm, I think my number is around five or six, and... That that is subject to change. Like I think I'm kind of drinking a little bit of Kool Aid because for me, like Fenero, you and I talked about this before, but now we're at that time. Like remember when you man? So you have to kind of like always remember what you know before you're trying to figure something out. <laughs> and we we know that even quarterbacks like Kirk Cousin, Matt Stafford carry less risk than either of the two quarterbacks. Even if we're shooting for that ceiling, um, everybody knows that. But we're shooting for that ceiling. I mean, if you just look at all the recent failed quarterbacks and how that could go wrong and how many times I would trade 
Matthew Stafford away for the 101 and and I do it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, especially today, it's totally different today. But I think of how many times you've done that where my teams would have just been better if I kept golf, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, you run into that all the time. So first of all, I'll shut up, but I want to say Burrow's off the list. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, he doesn't belong there anymore. And um, I don't feel bold about this. I just feel freaking right <laughs> because it's just too bad. I think that he should be there, but he's out now for his second season. Um, all the things that I have knocked Lamar Jackson for his entire career are happening to our boy Joe Burrow. He can't stay healthy. Um, he's shown his talent. He's a talented quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but unless they do something with that offensive line or he's going to, he's going to Andrew Luck his way out or something. I just don't really feel that great about it anymore. And to me, playing time is important. I know that I'll add to. I'll add to Joe Burrow right now to get CJ Stroud, for example. But anyway, I'm on a rant <laughs> and trade Burrow away. Like you can get a lot for him still. He's not worth what he's worth. <laughs> how do you, how are you not worth what you're worth? <laughs> it's like In the American case. dollar. So sorry. Yeah, I, I had to get that off my chest, guys. <laughs> I'm worried for Joe Burrow. It's it's nothing against him or his talent. I'm worried for Joe Burrow and his career at this point. He's he's never been a I mean he's been like QB eight and then he was QB four last year. Outside of that, he's that's what he's been. I would be hard on any other quarterback. So I feel like I have to be on Mr. Burrow. I guess the question is, is he injury prone or is it bad luck? I right. think it's no. bad luck, I guess, to answer your question directly, but I think it has to do with that um offensive line too. And him just holding on to the ball maybe a little too long and having that moxie and looking for his reads. But I feel like he's been put in some bad situations as well. It's understandable. I don't know. Feverish is speechless. I know how I feel about it. it, it it's uh, it's the here and now. So let me just throw out a question. Tua or Burrow? Tua. Right. And you did that quick because Tua is healthy. Mm, I don't know, man. You can rewind the tape. I've been way more into Tua and like oh. than than most people. I, now I'm not saying I would have said that so quickly last year. Yeah. But I mean, even like the coming out of the rookie year, I remember saying like Tua should be in the same category as Burrow and Herbert, and he was having he had such like horrible coaching injuries, and uh, what are we worried about the concussions? Uh, you know, just a history of missed time. And I think mm -hmm. that was, you know, that was your complaint. No, that's fair. That's fair when you say it like that. Yeah. And, no. you know, I think, I think that's comparable. Mm -hmm. um, whether, you, yeah. whether you're afraid of the future or not, just looking at the past, I think they have a comparable past. And you very quickly said too. And I just mm -hmm. wanted to, I just wanted to say that I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that it's, it's here and now. No, I think that's totally season, fair. Right. But, and I think part of the here and now for me, is like once you're injured for that long, you kind of become a rookie pick in a way. Mm. Like you don't, there's, you're not helping me now. I think there is some there now. And I, and I'm, when I'm looking at even Joe Burrow at the end of a season, knowing I'm done with him, I'm thinking like, when's my next now? I, Cause I, that's what I'm looking for right now is I want my next now. And I, I don't want to wait for Burrow. I'm not the guy that's like, oh, my team's going to suck for a couple of years now because I have Joe Burrow. Huh. I'm just going to trade everybody for picks. You know, I, I want, I need my next now, right now. And, um, so that, that's today, that's easy for me. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It is here now or, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, I just, it just hurts extra right now. I mean, Burrow is, uh, you know, certainly coming back from his, to your point, first injury of this season and looking strong and good. And, and people are getting psyched up like they do about Burrow because Burrow's uber talented. And um, and then we run into that wall again, you know, where we lost him for, you know, mm -hmm. a majority of his rookie season as well. So, I mean, I, I feel what you're saying. 
Um, and honestly, we never quantified what we meant but or what you meant by, you know, you're down on barrel. What does that mean? You know what I mean? Like you're, you want out and you have high value right now. Okay, that's cool. I think he um, moves like further down to um, – so first of all. Like I still have. I Burrow don't think I would take. I don't think I'd go quite as deep as Brandon and go like ten deep. I think I'd right. probably like five to six deep on that one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. And right. Burrow's probably like QB seven or eight for me. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, today, like, sure. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to mark him down for the injury, like that injury. Yeah, you have to. That's weird though, because I'm not, not going to do that to Justin Jefferson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well. Unless he got hurt a second time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I can find room for him on the field, you know, and right. I can afford to wait more. I think that's what it is in my head. I can afford to, like, I have a decent amount of Justin Jefferson, and um, I'm I'm taking the majority of them still to the playoffs. Like, we afforded to wait somehow because it's such an easy position to maneuver around if it's just awesome to have that bonus in there too it's like having kelsey at your tight end brandon uh, since we were floating around that one-on-one with caleb williams i'm curious i never even asked you uh the night we were hanging out with mike uh if drake may would be your 102 um in Superflex, or whether you'd be going Jaden daniels or going to the wide receiver the stud marvin harris jr uh, I mean, I, I think there's three quarterbacks in this class, you know, the upcoming 2024 class. And I think, uh, you know, Williams has been the consensus number one for a while. Uh, Drake May, the one B, you could say. Jaden Daniels certainly having a phenomenal season at LSU, um, really showing us a lot of traits we love in fantasy football when it comes to the quarterback position, the ability to throw it vertical has some playmaking ability, plays off script, can run with the ball. I mean, he's had some dynamic games rushing for over 100 yards. So that he brings to the table much more than Drake May or Caleb Williams. And I wouldn't be surprised by the time April rolls around that Jaden Daniels might not be the 1A or 1B because I think we get hooked on a name early and we feel like we can never get off that name. And for all the great things that Caleb Williams brings to the table, what none of us know sitting here talking about this is the intangibles for these players. You know, who, which of these players can take a franchise, put them on their back, who can accept the, the criticism, deal with the media, learn the playbook, you know, uh, uh, get the locker room under, you know, you know to, to believe in you as a leader and frankly, Caleb Williams recently has shown some not so much great things out in the media about being that leader um, with UC- USC losing, kind of being a poor sport and stuff like that. I'm not trying to knock the guy. I'm just saying I don't think it would be wise to say Caleb Williams is a lock 101 QB off the board by the time we get to draft season. I think there's a lot of scouting left to do, and I think we should be keeping an open mind and not having a lock that he is the 101, you know, undisputed quarterback. Um, landing spots matter too. So we'll see, you know, we can no, have that debate. At I, some I think point. you made a, a good point there too, even about the, the maturity and like getting the locker room and the coaching and all of that. Cause I mean, even getting your players enthusiastic to play for you. And if they see early on that he doesn't have that, I mean, we, we've seen it happen with quarterbacks, but... Yeah, so for example, he came out and actually said that if he didn't really like his landing spot, he might actually go back to, to college. Now, if I was a father and that was my son, I'd, you know, kick his ass, right? I mean, I'd be like, no, 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 that's not how we're going to work this this thing. Right. You're going to be lucky enough to, you know, be modest enough where you're not driving the bus after college. You know, you're, you're, you're sitting on the bus and you're going to just be led to where you need to be. So there's those maturity issues that could just be a lack of maturity or is it someone who's been told they've been great their entire life, but they're going to need to produce on an NFL field and it's a big difference from college. Yeah, but, but that's definitely a concern. You have to think through scouting by the time it's draft day, most teams know if if he if they would be one of those teams that he wasn't going to play for or if he was enthusiastic about playing for them and they wanted to make that move but even at that i mean that just shows that like at what point is this kid going to throw a temper or not be happy with the situation and potentially yeah, I mean, lose lose the locker room 
Yeah, and I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. I think another factor that plays into all of this that is is the uh, the NIL money now being thrown at these college players. I mean, legitimately, Williams could possibly you know go back and make you know a lot of money. Not he's going to be the first pick in the draft or second or third, so he's going to make a ton of money. But not so much the guys at the early part of the draft, but in the second part, you know, in the you know second third rounds. A lot of times, the college, it's, it, they got free agency now in the transfer portal in college. So the, these guys, you're going to start seeing a lot of juniors come back for their senior year getting NIL money because they're going to be a fourth-round pick in the NFL draft. So we're going to see a lot of players actually not declare early. That That's my mm-hmm. prediction anyway, because now there's money involved in college. The, these kids are now making cash in college. And they they're getting. I mean, right now the transfer portal opened up, and all these college quarterbacks all over the you know they're all Kyle McCord leaving Ohio State. Everyone's leaving, trying to find that NIL money, going from their junior to senior year. So it, it's it's just as a side note, it's a, it's a pretty interesting thing going on in college football. I think it's super interesting, just because I haven't even really thought about it that deep, but it makes sense so quick. Like, because what does the NFL contract look like in the third, fourth round? They're not getting paid like. What do you guys have? No, like, no, uh, no. But I mean, you're not getting, and you could make potentially that much money or more in college. And that's what these guys are. I mean, they want to get to the NFL. Don't get me wrong. That's where they want to be, but they can start their career in college, like getting paid, like, correct, and rival those numbers. Um, yeah, like, think about a player like Malik Willis. Or somebody like that who thinks they could maybe go top five, and then they just end up falling and falling and falling in the draft, lose third, a lot of money. Third round is between five and six million. Fourth round. Oh, that's between, a lot of money. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was that much. Fourth rounds between four point five million and five point four million. Nice, according to Google. Google doesn't lie. Nah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anybody that doesn't know Brandon Lejeune, he is at Debbie Deep Time, Debbie Deep Dive on X Twitter. He does Debbie to Dynasty podcasts and Debbie to Dynasty. You can find it on YouTube. Um, Debbie that, dashboard. Awesome dashboard. What else are you doing, Brandon? We introduced our guests that's halfway enough. into the show now. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. No worries. That's a lot. <laughs> Did a great job, Swags. Great it's job. It's not over. It's just an introduction. Yeah. So you guys, I uh, thanks for having me on Rookie Fever. I said it before, probably when I was on your podcast, I've been on for two years doing our rookie breakdowns and, and stuff. You guys are the ones that got me into um, the Debbie space anyway, having a, a Debbie Watch uh, person on. Um, and as it turns out, one of those Debbie Watch, uh, you know, uh, founders is my podcast co-host at Debbie Dynasty Podcast. And my podcast is really just about getting an early look at the rookie class. So you guys are going to start looking at the rookies uh, probably in about a month or two after college, you know, after, you know, the football season goes every, you know, by that time, I'm ready to hand it off to you guys because we've been watching them for two years, so, um, which is fun. That's what my passion is kind of scouting these players as we head to the NFL draft each season. It's uh, it's funny. I feel like the rookie season lasts so much longer every year. Mm-hmm. It's like every <laughs> holiday, like pumpkin comes out earlier and earlier and earlier. And I feel like that's that's what's happened with rookies too. So there's never uh, a shortage of information out there, which is nice. But but yeah, we do do it a little different on rookie fever. So we're not we're not quite there. That, but man. Still the same so far. This is some. I'm. I'm. I'm enjoying the podcast, and I feel like I'm getting useful information. So uh, I don't know. We must be doing something I right. I keep talking about this. We're supposed to fit in some ish wish feverish. Um, we did kind of want to talk. I don't know if did we mention that you guys got together or just that you did a draft. So they these guys get to get together in Philly and they go out have a couple of drinks. Um, Uber home. Brandon's Uber driver almost hit a deer. I almost hit a deer. Well, I was trying to not imply that you're drinking and driving. Right. It was the Uber driver, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. Uber driver. So (laughs) Brandon's like, I do not Uber all that way. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been in an Uber now that I think about it. Wow. Have you, do you guys Uber a lot? No. Back when I drank, I Ubered all the time. Yeah. Um, Anyway, <laughs> I've, I've, I've never done that. This episode sponsored by. Um, so, yeah, these guys got to get together. 
do that rookie draft. I know we mentioned the draft. I don't know if we mentioned you guys were together. Um, no, we didn't mention. We didn't mention the thing that surprised me the most is how low Brandon is on the 2024 running back class. I would love oh. to hear why. So like there's because like somebody like myself, you know, I'm like, oh, well, we got Will Shipley coming out. We got Henderson coming out. We got we uh, we got we got we got the normal amount of running backs. They're probably the two the top normal ones. Amount of running backs. You know, we get like two or three, you know, top end. <laughs> and then we get all the other guys. I, I don't know. Brandon, Brandon's got me nervous about this running back class coming our way. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking for a, a you know, we're not going to say Bajan. He was a unicorn. Everyone was, you know, salivating him over two years. But, you know, the Jameer Gibbs, and um, we'll have to see if Achan is can stay healthy enough given that frame and size. But, um, like you said, we're looking for three, four possible consistent, you know, fantasy starter running backs each and every year. And, you know, Trevion Henderson is probably at the top. Uh, he's been at the top of my board. Ohio State had a down year as a sophomore. He's a junior this year. Came back, had a nice season. Fortunately, they didn't make the college uh, football playoffs. Um, but I just heard on Twitter today that, and I don't know if it's true or not, that he is considering possibly coming back to college. Mm. So, again, that's the risk we're taking with these juniors because I think what's happening is these players are finding out from the NFL, like, yeah, you're going to be a round three draft stock you know, player Sure. You know, you might be able to go back to college and improve your draft stock, so on and so forth. But in any case, I think overall it's going to be a down year. I think we're going to be stuck with a lot of Kondre Millers and Abanacondas and Chase Browns and, um, you know, you know, a lot of Roshan Johnsons, guys that are part of committees. Um, I don't think there's any back unless they just get a really fantastic landing spot on a team that needs a starting running back. Um that they're just going to be a lot of committee backs and there's just really not going to be a, I mean, even Jameer Gibbs comes out and he's, he's drafted to a team um, that's not going to be a bell cow. So I think the, the, the years of the bell cow are pretty much over for the majority of the teams. There might be one or two, three left, like the Saquon Barkley's and, you know, here and, and, and some, some of these backs are going to find themselves in opportunities where, you know, they're going to be, you know, at a necessity for an injury. You know, I think of like a Jerome Ford, who's now producing fantasy points for us, but you know, if, you know, if there's not an injury, he doesn't get on the field and he's right. not really participating. So yeah. Um, the running back class is, uh, I'm not looking to get excited. I did a, a mock draft with a friend of mine today. Um, I just put it out on my podcast feed and, uh, Trevion Henderson was taken in the later part of the first round in the rookie draft. And I think there were two or three other running backs taken in, in round two. Um, and then the majority, we started feeling comfortable given the talent of the wide receiver room in the 2024 upcoming draft class um, is going to dominate our rookie drafts next year. So you're, you're, you're looking at running backs that I think are the majority of them are going to get round three, you know, mm -hmm. late day two draft capital early day three, mid day three draft capital. And as you know, the hit rate for a round five, six, seven running back, they're depth pieces. And there's a lot of free agents that are, are going to be out there, unrestricted free agents. It's going to be, I mean, I don't know if you guys know what the list looks like for undirected free agents, but there's going to be a lot of uh, quality players, you know, Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley, and there's yeah. a ton of them. So, but yeah, it's not going to be, I, I think you're going to see in upcoming rookie drafts, the, the running back position is going to be getting faded. Unless someone lands like a Trevion Henderson in the mock draft that I did on ours, uh, Mike, is, you know, he got round two draft capital going to the Chargers. Now that's going to excite people because sure. great landing spot, although their offense has been pretty putrid this year. Eckler's getting older. And again, it's going to be so I think landing spot even more than ever is going to play an influenceable role in next year's rookie drafts um, for, for that running back position, for sure. I think so. Eckler's probably going to hang him up, right? Slowing down, that's for sure. Something's going on. This isn't that. This isn't that. I'm not knocking um, Eckler at this point. I'm really not, I promise. But <laughs> I, I think that he was kind of disrespected by the Chargers. They probably should have given him at least like a decent two-year contract last year. Now he's ending that contract. 
another year older. He's he's not worth more to the NFL at the end of this season. He was a little bit banged up, disappointed. And I feel like he's the kind of guy that can have fun doing other things. Like he, I could see him having an NFL gig of some sort. Like he does his podcasts. He um, seems like he's into that kind of stuff. I could see him being some kind of sports announcer or I could see him just being fine. I mean, what he's what? 31, 30, 28 and a half. He's younger than I thought. Really? Yeah. Seriously, Brandon, 28 and a half. Yep. Wow. Okay. So he's a little younger than I thought. Um, but so maybe not quite ready to hang him up, but everything else I said, like, I feel like he's got a career after this and he's already, he, he seems like a pretty fun dude that likes to talk. I don't know. I could see him doing something else and being happy. So here's the free agent list. I'll just run them through. I just pulled it up here. Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Gus Edwards, Ezekiel Elliott, Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift, Deontay Foreman, Clyde's Edward Hilaire. All of them under wow. 30 years old. I would love to start a fantasy team with those players. So it's going to be really interesting just from the whole running back market. And um, you know, Derrick Henry makes $12 million five. He's the highest. Um, you know, they gave Josh Jacobs a one-year deal worth $11 million, So mm-hmm. they at least satisfied him for a season. These are all unrestricted free agents. Saquon Barkley makes $10 million. Can you believe they gave Tony Pollard $10 million? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. So... Um, Swift could arguably end up being the hottest free agent on that list just because he ended up getting cut and he's available in free agency earlier than some of the other rookies in his class that'll age out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm, good point. Um, wow. Yeah. So that is a pretty interesting, we'll have to watch that. And, uh, it's kind of been the quarterbacks and wide receivers that people are excited about for the 2024 class too. So. Yeah, I think the wide receiver class is um, going to be pretty solid. I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to rival this year's where we're going to get a good, I think, 10 reliable, consistent, you know, weekly fantasy producers out of the wide receiver room where people you at least feel confident are finding themselves in good situations to get their hands on the bar all through target share landing spots. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting about this class compared to last year's class is the amount of big receivers in this class. There are a lot of big receivers. Marvin Harrison, 6'3". Roman Dunes, a 6'3". Brian Thomas, one of my favorites from LSU, 6'4". You know, Troy Franklin, 6'3". Keon Coleman, 6'4". Speaking my language. I was going to say, Swag's going to be trapped in all all wide receivers. I'm definitely getting duped here. (laughs) But but, but listen, I was just kind of looking compared to last year, right? All the receivers last year, Jackson Smith and Jigba was 6'1". Okay, Quentin Johnston, 6'3" questionable he's you know <laughs> you know is he gonna pan out who knows right got round one draft capital cedric tillman one of my favorites six foot three really hasn't done much for the browns um you know jonathan mingo for the panthers six foot two those were the tallest receivers mm-hmm. in the top 10 all of the rest of the receivers are these smaller twitchy space creators like the flowers josh downs jordan addison um, Marvin Mims and and you know Rasheed Rice is six foot one. Um, I feel like you know, the Jay- last couple of years have been the crops of shorter wide receivers. That's right. So if you look forward to the twenty twenty four class, which I'm sure your listeners are going to start to do, especially if they fall out of contention mm-hmm. and you're a dynasty junkie like we oh, are, yeah. you're going to start you're going to start nibbling on the twenty twenty four class. You're going to start familiarizing yourself. I can only assume. Um, not many. There's not one player under six foot except for one guy in my top 10 for next year. And that's Malachi Corley, wow. who I love. He's five foot 11, 210 pounds. Everyone else is six foot one and higher. And he's 210. And he's 210 pounds. He's, that's he's a, a big boy still. It's a big boy. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's man. one of my, yeah, he's my, I'm hopeful that my, my Eagles draft him as their slot receiver, you know, their gadget man. guy, which they desperately need after getting their asses whooped by uh, the 49ers this past weekend. But, yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see because, like you said, uh, Feverish, you know, for the last couple of years, it's been about the smaller route runner, the technical route runner, mm-hmm. space creators, get the ball in the kid's hands, let him create on his own, get him in space, you know, versus what we've been used to over the years is where you got, you know, the X and Y receivers, you know, up on the, you know, the Z receivers rather, just, you know, on the boundary going one on one, you know, winning downfield. And, 
you know, it seems like the NFL is kind of leaning towards the, the smaller, shiftier, speedy guys. So it's going to be a really interesting class, the wide receiver class. But the talent with these big guys is, is real. And the depth is, is pretty solid as well. I think um, Dave mentioned that on last week's Rookie Fever 2, just even the play calling with the NFL and how that helps some of the speedy, shiftier guys. Like, shit. I mean, Brandon, if you... And I know you don't, but if you feel bad that I didn't introduce you till like 20 minutes into the show, I, this is the, I'm just now introducing Dave from last week. So he had to wait a whole episode to get his introduction. That's okay. I'll forgive you. <laughs> Poor Dave. Um, yeah. Where were we with Fenero? <laughs> We are getting some uh, some juicy oh. information about the 2024 class and these wide receivers that are coming out and these running backs that Brandon hates. <laughs> <laughs> that Brandon. Of course, hates. we didn't mention we didn't mention Brock Bowers. Uh, yeah, obviously, the yeah. generational talent coming the tight end way. But I, I remember Mike and and Brandon being uh, pretty interested in the other two tight ends in this class too. So maybe uh, maybe they ain't so bad. Yeah, I mean, I think Brock Bowers is going to be a first-round rookie pick, especially if he gets a yeah. really, really good landing spot where he's going to get opportunity. He should have a Kincaid, um, Laporta-type uh, welcoming party to the NFL. And Jatavian Sanders, who plays from Texas, I could see him getting draft capital. He's a phenomenal blocker um, who's got some athleticism who can get open in the field. And, and you know, tight ends seem to emerge as we get closer to the NFL draft. I haven't done a ton of scouting on, on tight ends. Um, seems to be the trend, but you know, as you get closer to the draft and they they start to become because for tight ends being drafted, it's not about production. It's about skill set and athleticism. So I think it's time for ish wish or feverish. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think Brandon should kick it off. Okay. So what is ish again? Ish is like man, like something, you know, like you just something you kind of aren't okay with, of, I guess. Like, yeah, meh. or un yep. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not the good ish. Well, the ish was I kind of spoiled my lead into the ish because what I have here written down is I'm um, ish on the 2024 running back class. Ah, there uh, we go. Okay, so there we go. All right, yep. so um, call the Brandon the on time saver. The on time saver, and then so I'll just <laughs> I'll go with my second ish that I had on here was actually outside the top three. I think I'm very ish on the 2023 running back class. Mm. Ah. Okay, so I mean, you guys tell me. I mean, outside of yeah. uh, you know, and let's put a Chan in there only because he's been super explosive and people are still excited about him. You know, bypassing his injury. I mean, outside of Rob Robinson, Gibbs, and Echan, I'm not sure if there's really a running back that I'm super eager to try and acquire. Can you guys think of one? Uh, wow. Oh, uh, man. I mean, not one that, that showed us anything this season. That's for damn sure. So now you have to, like, look past this, this season. Yeah, you got to put yeah, your no, ball on and say, you know, is there, I mean, anybody? I mean, maybe Roshan yeah, Johnson for me, Tyler Spears, so maybe? Roshan Johnson is my, my wish. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my wish for Roshan Johnson is that he gets some opportunity outside of this bye week. I think that this is kind of like the last time we really want to see if rookies pop coming out of the bye week. I think that he did start to kind of overtake that job in week 12 as a week off. And then traditionally, this is when you'll see, and I'm talking out of the bye week, not this part of the year, but you'll see like most average positions will go up a couple points out of their bye weeks. So I feel like if you're going to get a really strong Roshan Johnson showing this season on a team like the Bears. It's going to be this week out of the bye week, and we'll see how they want to use him and what kind of opportunity he has. I think that the risk here is that, um, the, first of all, the time of season we're in, a player like Roshan Johnson still young. If somebody hasn't traded him yet, that's out of contention, quote unquote, I want to put him on my contender to try to take me to the end. Um, the the people out of contention probably aren't trading them. They're like, oh, I'm going to wait for next year. They're probably being too stubborn about it. 
and then the teams that might want him for this run. I, I don't know if it's worth the risk to acquire him in case this doesn't happen, but I don't think the running back of the future is on that team. I, I don't even know if it has one, kind of to Brandon's point about all of these teams being at least two running backs. But I think that Roshan Johnson, even if you're maybe he's on a contenders team that doesn't feel that great. And you, I think this is your last chance to buy. It's just, I think there's risk on either side. You're, you're <laughs> this is, oh my gosh, this is so funny. So he, I was going to say it's either, it's either going to pay off or it's not. And you're either going to have to pay or you're not. Um, but that's like the obvious, like, cause so, I was having this conversation with my family last night and um, kids and wife and everybody, and they try to understand my brain. So I thank them for that. But how we end so many conversations in these like, or not even end the conversations in these things that will always make sure we're right. Like um, simple one will be like, I'll either be there or I won't like, like, I don't know. He's somewhere like just like things that like you're definitely always right. If do, do you, I don't know. Anyway, I'll, I'll absolutely be on time. Probably. <laughs> well, is that what is that? Is that similar to what you're saying or not quite totally? Well, that's not that's kind of like it had an edge in there that <laughs> like it's like I had to turn a wall to get there, but it was kind of the same thing. Okay. But. <laughs> More just like Hopefully I'm either gonna get my hair cut or I'm not. <laughs> Sorta, of, you know? I'll be there I or not. It. Like um either will happen or won't happen. Yeah, you're either gonna like it or not. Promise. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Can't be wrong. Can't be wrong either way. So but with Roshan Johnson, he he is the one that I would add to that list that I am at least curious about. And I don't know if that's just kind of holding on to a little bit of hope from the beginning of the season, a little bit of um, take lock. I don't want to call it quite take lock because I don't know what I'm locked on yet outside of thinking he was going to get a bigger role, but he was a little banged up this, a couple times this season too. So I'm watching Roshan Johnson out of the bye week and we're going to be, I, I feel like we're going to be talking about him. But, I think no. yeah. I think we have to keep in mind too is that we're, we're we are so quick to judge anymore. Like we we don't give players a couple years to get acclimated to the NFL anymore. Mm-mm. You know, we live in a what have you done for me lately world with just about probably everything in the world. And you know, remember when it was the wide receiver breakout year three, and we were all we would as dynasty owners we'd hold on to a player for two years waiting for that third year breakout because that's what seemed normal then. Here it's like you don't produce year one. You got a whole new crop of rookies come in the next year that are you. We immediately get excited about, and we don't give anyone the chance to yeah. develop. So I think on your point to uh, Roshan Johnson, you know, if you still believe in the talent, um, you know, I, I don't think the Chicago Bears are going to draft another running back next year necessarily, where he's going to be all of a sudden, you know, put down the depth chart. He might actually, after one year, get a little stronger, get a little better, and actually might improve his drafts draft stock but that's what makes this game so much fun because you've got to project what you feel is going to happen um you know based on whether you're going to acquire or sell a player and it's one more thing too is also it's it's not just like how patient we are impatient we are but what are our expectations i think so many times people want to try to get their camaro to be a corvette when the camaro's still pretty sweet it still helps us a lot. Like RB2s, like there's only 12 of those. There's only 12 RB1s, but we all like once they're just like, oh, he's RB23. And it's like, that's actually pretty good. good. It's rookie <laughs> season, you know, like you selfish bastards. Like, that's I don't right. know. Like, I think there's a lot of that in fantasy now, too. Like we all mm-hmm. want that. Like, and, and that's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like shitting on the cream of the crop, but. Some of these guys, they they are what they are, and like there's still values to be found in RB twos. I think, yeah, without a doubt. Fanero, what's your ish wish? Your feverish? Well, I think you we, should I always think... have to be feverish, and you should just be like a <laughs> like I'm feverish scream it, about scream it. <laughs> yeah, we never made feverish like being angry about something. That no, could be right. You could be feverishly angry. Um, yeah, I'm on fire about my. <laughs> My wish, ish, and feverish were all um, pointed towards week 14. 
Okay. Because it's uh, it's an inner win week for everybody. It's a really big week of fantasy it. football. It is pretty so, important. We didn't yeah. talk about that too much. So I focused on my, my, my ish, wish, and feverish have to do with just, in particular, this week. Um, and oh, my I like week. that. That's so unfair. I feel like you're the coolest one now, and you <laughs> could have told us all this idea. It would, yeah, I actually came late. Yeah, it would have been a good idea. Um, <laughs> But, but There's I, definitely but, no time for me to prepare. <laughs> let me finish, uh, I guess, the wish section, right? Because I believe Brandon gave us his wish and you just gave us yours with my wish, which is closely related again because of running backs. Uh, my wish is to see more Chase Brown and Keaton Mitchell, two guys we've seen almost nothing of. Brown, who was just activated uh, off of IR, who got 11 snaps last week, 11 but nine carries for 61 yards. I want to see a little more Chase Brown. And I would like to see a little more Keaton Mitchell. That efficiency is also through the roof. 9.3 yards per carry he's averaging. I want to see a little bit more uh, Keaton Mitchell. How many carries is that on? Uh, he's averaging 35 touches in six games. That's pretty good. And he, does he have a touchdown? No. That's That's even better then, right? <laughs> well, Keith yeah. Mitchell's been getting some run on the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. Well, I mean, it's a. It, this, they're using like their backs equally over there. So, okay. but no, Keaton no, Mitchell. I like it. Yeah, yeah, Keaton Mitchell's my my and Chase Brown are my wish for Week 14. See a little bit more of both of them. That's my wish. Your wishes are so cool. <laughs> so. <laughs> Brandon, you have a feverish or an ish, or you could double up if you want. I don't. I don't really care. For yeah. Well, my my wish is that the Eagles draft a slot wide receiver. Ah, yes. On day two of the NFL draft, named and Corley. Yeah, Malachi Corley. I think yeah. he'd be a perfect fit. But there's a lot of guys I'd like. Lad McConkey. There's all sorts of route runners that I think could work out of the slot. I don't and I'm like fi- that name, McConkey. Yeah, you don't like McConkey. Nah, McConkey. Just that's not gonna. <laughs> McConkey doesn't is not gonna have a good NFL career. I'm sorry. Like okay. seriously, I knew as soon as Todd Pinkston came out, it wasn't gonna work. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm gonna say I'm a little feverish on a couple things. I'm feverish that the tight ends are starting to get some love again in fantasy football. Yeah, they are. All right, because a little bit, been, yeah, a little bit, and I think as we can continue to get draft classes with one or two playmakers, I think it's nice. I see a lot of leagues going to tight end premium, which are a lot of ones that I play in, mm-hmm. um, which make it a little bit more exciting having the value for those tight ends. And I'm also feverish for Nico Collins. Ooh, mm. I like that. All right, I am like very feverish. I acquired two shares of him in the off season. I was always a fan of him coming out of Michigan. Here's a perfect example. Big wide receiver. Of a player who you kind of scout in college and, and whatever. He was probably in my top 10 or 12, you know, around 10 or 12 of that class. He wasn't really high up there. But somebody who just really flashed good ball skills, good, you know, athleticism at Michigan, who just now finds himself in a great situation. I'm all about all the playmakers. Dalton Schultz, you could put him in there. I'm feverish on him too. You want a nice, cheap, you know, I don't think, I don't know how cheap he is, but you know, you play in the tight ends. I want people, I want that uh, tight end that CJ Stroud, Stroud is throwing the ball to. I mean, if he looks like the real deal and I want his playmaker. So I'm feverish for the pieces and parts around CJ Stroud right now. I like that. T Higgins or Nico Collins? Forever, right now. Um, well, with the uncertainty of where T. Higgins lands, and I know that Nico Collins is playing with C.J. Stroud right now. It's tough. It's tough. I got to get extra on that, or what, what do we got to do here? I mean, oh, I think you could trade definitely Nico Collins plus for T. Higgins. I mean, I think T. Higgins could go somewhere great, but we you know what what happens when he ends up in New England. Yeah, because he chases the money. So I'm going to have to say Nico Collins right now because I don't know where T. Higgins is landing, but I know right now what I've seen with Nico Collins, I like what I see. And I know people are probably like, oh, it's recency bias and I get it. But until I know where T. Higgins, because I know he's not going back to the Bengals this year. I love the Nico Collins and Stroud stack. Panero's shaking his head a little bit. I'm curious, what, what are you thinking about that T. Higgins and 
Nico Collins. I'm just so split on it. I really am. I feel I feel like and I know you're going to hate this. But the value is probably on the Higgins side. Um, oh, I would agree with you. I think if someone were to say, but, went, I think most people would say Higgins, but I don't know where he's going to go. I just, I usually if you bet, I, mean, I know like Tyreek Hill actually had a fantastic team to team, but very rarely do you like love a wide receiver leaving one team and going to another to begin with. You don't know what kind of offense they're going to be in. Is he going to be the number one wide receiver? Does he go to New England? Like Brandon said, all that stuff is uber scary. And I am feverish. Just a couple weeks ago, I was very feverish about this Houston offense. So, like, how can you not like having a piece? Um, yeah. We just got done saying how big wide receivers are rare. Nico's one of those big guys, like that alpha dude. And he's with CJ Stroud. Like, it's like, how can you know, uh, I think a perfect example would be Devontae Adams, right? He leaves Green Bay. He goes into the unknown, lands in Las Vegas. And doesn't have a quarterback who can get him the ball. Yeah. So you lose value. Sure. You know, situations matter. You know, landing spots matter when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, of course you're going to draft the talent the majority of the time. But I don't know. Like, to me, it's Nico Collins. He's, you know, I liked him a couple years ago and he's just emerging right now. And I think he's wide receiver nine on the season. So he's going to be expensive. But I don't know. He's lighting it up there. Yeah. Feverish, is it your turn or my turn? I'll go. You go. Uh, week 14, remember, this is a week 14 feverish player. I'm going to be feverish on Rashi Rice versus the Bills. Past two games, Rashi Rice has 19 targets, 16 catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. So he's been cooking up. He's had uh, no less than 14 PPR points. And, of course, the Bills should be a shootout with Kansas City. So let's 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 if that happens, I think uh Patrick Mahomes will lean on Rice in this matchup. So I'm feverish about Rashi Rice in week fourteen. I'm feverish for Rashi Rice too, but I went not as cool as you on the week fourteen thing, but he was my feverish and oh, nice. I, I think he's I think he's done a fine job there. He's a fine young lad. But for, to me what it is, I think like in Kansas City, we keep waiting for the replacement of Kelsey, and we want it to be at the same position. But we just need that to be a reliable target for Mahomes. And I think that he's likely to be that next target. If if not, like I think he can at least do what Juju did there. Um, not going to say like Tyreek, but I think that he's in such a healthy situation that Rasheed Rice is arguably has the safest floor of the rookie wide receiver class floor floor not not ceiling but that's fair i think he's got decent floor where you can just kind of ride it and just yeah yeah you might not ever be like a wide receiver one but i think like he he can approach those weekly numbers yeah because like the other names that come to mind are going to be like jsn or addison and all you think about is you know justin jefferson (laughs) DK, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could see why, why not Rashi Rice safe floor. I think that's a good way to put it. So, yeah, I, I'm a little feverish. I like it. We should have a sounder for a feverish overlap. I know. You know, it should be like a double feverish. Beep, 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 beep. Ish, wish, feverish, feverish, feverish. Double feverish. I, so, I'm a little bit, I have to, um, I don't normally like Sorry, to Brandon. do this, but I've got to bait Brandon a little bit here. Uh-oh. And I almost wanted to be feverish on Jonathan Mingo, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to totally lie. He's had a good couple weeks, but I, I wanted to throw him out there as my ish because I know Brandon's not a fan. And I, I kind of want to hear him talk about Jonathan Mingo a little bit out of this second like productive week he's had. And some are predicting a third. I want to know kind of how you feel about Jonathan Mingo, if that's well, okay. I- yeah, sure. I mean, I, I just when he was coming out of college from Ole Miss, you know, his first three years, he really didn't do a whole lot. You know, he was one of these late bloomers as a senior. And I think he was the way I re, if I remember correctly, the way he was used at Ole Miss is he was used very close to the line of scrimmage. A lot of mesh concepts inside slants and stuff. There was never a lot of vertical deep ball things. I just thought he was overdrafted. He was drafted, what, in the second round, something like that. Um it's just I had other players that I, I like so much more. Um, so I don't know if he is as good as these two weeks have uh, alluded to 
or is he just in a situation where they've got nobody else and he's just right. peppered with targets and he's as, as a result of that he is you know having some you know production stats right um do i see him being a wide receiver one on that team being a guy that is a is a building block piece i mean me no i mean it's early and like i said i i, I can't be a hypocrite we got to like let the guy develop and you know maybe over a year or two getting you know playing you know and practicing he can develop but it was just not somebody i thought at round two it was a, a real shocker again he's 6'2 220 so he's one of these bigger receivers um so I guess the jury's still out, but he just wasn't somebody that I was super high on, you know, from a scouting standpoint coming into the draft. I yeah. could be wrong though. So feverish, what are you, how are you feeling about Mingo? Well, you also have to hope that, you know, Bryce young also, you know, develops, right. Cause like as much as we, you know, are talking about Nico and, and, and we like Nico that much more because of Stroud and he's attached to Stroud, you know, mm-hmm. Young isn't exactly met our expectations for this, you know, for his first year. And yeah, we have to be patient. And yeah, there's certainly possibilities that that he'll be just fine. But, you know, now I'm also attached to that uncertainty. So, you know, Mingo. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one, man. I don't I don't want to be attached to Bryce Young for some reason. He's in a tough situation. I mean, he really is. He, you know, they have an offensive line that's very poor. They just don't have mm-hmm. playmakers around them. Coaching staff's a mess. I mean, who knows who they're bringing in? And what I think that I feel bad about the worst for him is all the talk going around that you know some of the people in the building really wanted C.J. Stroud, but then like they kind of settled for him. Mm. And, and as a player, that's got to be pretty hard to hear that there was a lot of disagreement in management of like whether or not they should have chosen you. So, kind of feel bad. He's in a tough spot. I, I, I for me personally was not really high on Bryce Young. I was always very concerned about his size and sure. his ability to, to, to stay, you know, physically, you know, hold up in the NFL environment. I mean, just from a law of averages of just, he's under, you know, just close to over 200 pounds and he was, um, you know, so, but we'll see. I think it says a lot though, still in the end that the team picked you one on one overall and they, traded away a lot of assets to get to that 101 even if they weren't exactly sure who they were going to pick with it Mm -hmm. and now there might be some management that can be like "Ah, see we should have taken stroud but that that could have went either way if they were uncertain it's just too bad that that even got out they should all be supporting the quarterback that they do have but um from as an athlete and going into this i mean he should kind of know that that's what people are doing you know but it's mm-hmm. more too bad that it got leaked like that to the and manage might might be disgruntled yeah but he's a little guy he is easily <laughs> <laughs> never know do we have any did everybody do ish wishes and feverish or do you guys have some more i have issues ish let's ish the shit out of this Ish. Rapid fire here. I got two ishes for week 14. My first ish is I think people are going to get a little excited about another week of Charbonnet with no Kenneth Walker. First off, we don't know if Kenneth Walker's out. Secondly, ooh, it's San Francisco. Um, and I think we already have a Charbonnet in San Francisco game. So we already have one of those. Charbonnet's to look a little at. beat up too, right? What's that? He's a little beat up too, right? Yeah, yeah. Add that, add that in too. He's dealing with a bone bruise himself. So I think I would really lower expectations for Charbonnet versus San Francisco. I think it's gonna, it's gonna look great. Maybe it's gonna be the best thing you have because it could be like uh, his backfield and nobody else's. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't look for, uh, wouldn't look for anything crazy, anything bigger than what he did last time, and that was nine point eight points PPR. Not too sexy. My other issue is. And I know we all love him. We talked about how much we love him here. And this is certainly not a super flex thing, but CJ Stroud's going to have, going to have a hard time. Um, I think as well. Uh, you're obviously starting him in super flex, but I would manage your expectations. Uh, we have, um, let's just say it's not going to be Stroud's finest, right? Like I think he put up a 50 pointer this, this, uh, year. He's also put up a couple of like 17 or 18 point games. I think this is one of those. I think if you're looking at CJ Stroud and you have another option in a one QB, uh, this is going to be one of those times where don't maybe don't ride the wave of the CJ Stroud into this particular matchup. Who's he um, playing? Paying Jets. Jets. Yep. Fifth fewest fantasy points allowed to QBs 
only 15 points per game. Uh, recently held Tua to 9.8 fantasy points at week 12. Mm. You know, it just doesn't look good. And I think people are going to think it looks better than it is because we're in love with Stroud. And, and, uh, and again, I'm not saying anything against Stroud. He's going to have games like this like everybody else does. But uh, this is going to be maybe a, a tough week if you're if you're between two good players because you might be if you had gotten CJ Stroud in a redraft uh, you might you might easily have a quarterback uh, like maybe a Dak Prescott or something like that that I would start over. Yeah, I have a Debbie league where I have Allen Hurts and CJ Stroud. Oh, dude, that those are so fun! Isn't that so yeah, nice? It, it, it's really nice. I drafted him as a Debbie guy like two years ago. I know, love that. that highest day. Yeah, so so you're telling me I play Hurts and. Uh, an Allen this week, right? I mean, yeah, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I have to make, I have, <laughs> I have Tua, I have Tua Mahomes and Stroud. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, so sweet. sexy too. Yeah, and I, I've benched Stroud almost every week, and it was really hard to do. It's yeah. just like I don't know how do I keep doing this? How do I keep benching them? Like, hey, be thankful you got depth. It's such a nice luxury. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I've never experienced anything quite like it. Doesn't <laughs> it it feels so good to open that league, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you open it up and it's young and it's strong. It's like I've got a couple where it's like Herbert and Josh Allen, and I don't even care who else. Like, even if it's Herbert and Josh (laughs) Allen and Goff, and then I've got like, I have a Herbert and an Allen and a Stroud. Um, That's solid too. Dude, it's so weird. Um, (laughs) And I've got Mac Jones on that one, but he's. He'd fallen out of conversation. Um, but yeah, dude, it's so it's so nice to open those leagues and be like, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, that's right. I got these are the players I got. Nice. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> and those and that's why Justin Jefferson's like able to be on IR and keep him around. I haven't traded one share of Justin Jefferson away after he was injured. After oh, why would you? Injured. You'd be crazy yeah. too. Yeah. No way. So he's he's pretty fun to have. Um, talking like the show's over here. <laughs> well, I'm a lot of issues. You have more no, issues? I, I, I said I'm all out. Oh, I thought you said you had more. I'm like, oh, keep going. We'll no, no, keep going. I don't have any more issues. I am. I'm ish. I'm ish on people who waited too long who are trying to sell their veteran wide receivers for youth but that youth is already scoring comparable points to the veteran wide receivers mm-hmm. that they're trying to move on from it's just a weird move i don't get it i get that you're trying to move on but leave some meat on the bones if you want to make some moves like that you can't just <laughs> do that it's just not how it works like i don't know it's weird weird to me those are the guys that i call they're looking for you know from trash to treasure yeah, yeah they're, they're trying to sell you trash for. I got a couple of leagues that I'm in like that, and guys are constantly. This one guy, this best ball league I'm in, they, the guy wants. I have Puka Nakua and Tank Dell. I drafted him in the rookie drafts, and he's throwing me these, you know, Elijah Moore and a second round rookie pick for Tank Dell, you know, and I'm like, no. I mean, I was going to no. ask if it was Debbie or not, but I don't even care either way that you're just yeah. like, oh, well, why? Yeah, well, why? No, it's a rookie. It's a rookie. It's a best ball thing. There's no Debbie attached to this, but I'm just, you know, and he keeps coming back to me with Puka for, you know, Palmer from the Chargers and Najuko and his first round rookie pick or something. I'm like, no, I mean, <laughs> so yeah, it's it just, it's just weird, but <laughs> Then what's going to happen is in some leagues, not you, Brandon, like in a year or two, Puka will be old and people <laughs> have to move on from him. <laughs> Selling my vets. It's like, dude, he's, he's been in the league for two or three years. Like, no wonder you're always at the bottom of this league. When we started calling our rookies old, that's when we, we had already gotten too far. It's like, remember when uh, Harris yeah. came out? It's like, oh, Harris is already old. Like, the run, and he's a running back. Like, you don't want, you know. Yeah. Well, we could also talk about Dwayne Eskridge, though. Oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> yes, we could. He's old. Anything else? I don't think so. Brandon, how many second round rookie picks do you want to have in the 2024 rookie draft? 
I'm, I, I would be, I'd be trying to acquire second round picks. I think you're going to get stuck. You're, you're going to be left with uh, some really good wide receivers. And that's when I think the majority of the running backs, if some do get the draft capital, I think they're going to start coming off. So I, I think if you can get your hands on a 22, um, a second round pick rather in the 2024, I think you're, you're, you're doing yourself good, but I think it really, it, it, it's the same every year. I mean, I just, again, I just recorded um, a YouTube video and podcast episode with my friend Corey Pereira. Um, and in the third round, you're just, you know, taking guys that are, you, you just hope hit. So it, it, it's really the same as it's always been, you know, it's um, I'd be trying to acquire 2024 second round picks though. I think it, it, you know, because that wide receiver class is so deep, you're going to get probably four quarterbacks and Brock Bowers in the first round, six running wide receivers, and then you're still going to be left with some really good wide receiver prospects. And that's when I think the running boards are going to come off the, you know, off the board. So I think there's quality in that. He is the at Artmark TV. I am at Swagzilla Zero G. This is Oh, lovely way you burn. 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 Oh,